Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank Private Bank's Chief Investment Office. I'm Sarah Stabler from Deutsche Bank Communications, and I'm speaking with our APAC Chief Investment Officer, Stephanie Hoxigen. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Welcome back. Hi, Sarah. Good to be back. Great. Well, before we get started, a reminder for our listeners that we're recording this on Friday, February 23, for the week ahead, beginning 26 February. Stephanie, uh, there's been quite some excitement in Asia uh, yeah. uh, with um in particularly Asian equities, when the Nikkei hit a new high, all-time highs, the highest point in 30 years. Um, uh, there's been a lot written about it. I know you published a viewpoint note not so long ago on the on the drivers. Uh, could you talk us through uh, what's driving it and how long can it continue? Yes, you're right. The Nikkei is really powering ahead um, and we posted our all-time new high and it's just a few percentage points away also from a psychological level which is 40,000. So the key structural driver um, for this is the uh, for this rally is the structural reforms implemented by the Tokyo Stock Exchange that started last year and that is aiming to improve corporate governance and capital efficiency. So this has resulted um, in an increase in the number of share buybacks and the dividend payout ratio across sectors. And uh, we've also seen unwinding of share cross holdings and management buyouts that have been increasing. And that, of course, resulted in higher value creation for investors. So these reforms continue this year. And let me give you two examples. We've already seen the Tokyo Stock Exchange now publishes a monthly list of companies that have disclosed plans to optimize capital management. They have now also mandated listed companies to publish their data in English on the back of growing foreign interest in the Japanese stock market. So it's just a theme um, that uh, that uh, keeps on giving really. Mm-hmm. And the positive effects of these regulatory measures combined with the cyclical support you get by uh, the weak yen, weak currency, that helps competitiveness of an export-led economy is also supporting the Japanese equity story well. So we like three sectors. We've outlined that in writing, as you mentioned already. Um, so it's the consumer discretionary sector IT and banks. So among other factors, the consumer discretionary spending in services such as hotels and restaurants is very well supported with the tourism that has now returned to pre-pandemic levels. Mm. And of course, benefits of the weak currency as it increases spending power for overseas visitors. The Japanese IT sector, in particular semiconductors, benefit from the government's investment to revive the domestic market there. They joined China, Taiwan, and South Korea and work closely in securing the global supply chain for semiconductors. So when on Thursday, the world's AI darling in the US beat estimates with another set of solid results and better than expected sales forecasts that also gave the Japanese equities uh, sector an additional boost. Now, banks have also seen higher activities in loans because of the pickup in macroeconomic activities and the M&A business has profited from the structural reforms that I mentioned earlier. And of course, the bank sector will also be in pole position once the Bank of Japan decides to raise interest rates out of negative territory, which is uh, what the market and we expect to happen this year. So in regards to the timing of this, we receive important data points also in the week ahead, 
because we get the national inflation data for January. And um, the core CPI could actually have slowed below the 2% target, coming from a 2.3% in December. And um, coupled with the news that we got recently that Japan is now in technical recession, that could re really revive the debate on uh, whether the economy is too weak for the BOJ to end negative rates territory too early and when will that rate cut, uh, rate hike um, uh, take place. But ultimately, I want to mention uh, lastly that our attention is on the Shunto wage negotiations mm -hmm. with the first important feedback on wage increases to come um, on the 15th of March. So the largest union is asking for 5% wage increase, which would be the highest increase in wages since 1994. So that, of course, would also be uh, very supportive uh, for the consumer sector. Mm. Uh, super interesting. Uh, really want to watch. Um, thank you for laying that out for our listeners. Um, of course, <clears throat> let's look at it. another one of the another big market, um, very large market, obviously, in Asia is um, China and um, after the Lunar New Year break, the Ch Chinese equities markets reopened. So, how are China China equities trading, and what's driving driving uh, the momentum? Yeah, so so this year, as we record on Friday, um, we this this week as we, Friday has been the first full trading week um, after the Lunar New Year, as you just mm. said, mm -hmm. and uh, we've seen that some of the sub indices. In the Chinese markets have now start, started to turn positive here to date. Mm. So or even you look at the MSCI China, um, it started the year at a level that is now just a bit more than a percent move away from neutralizing this year's losses. So we're coming into very interesting territory and uh, the reopening of the Chinese markets following the Lunar New Year holiday week, which, which was from 10th to the 17th of January, really brought renewed optimism which is on the one hand, thanks to the upbeat consumer spending data, activity data that we saw um, from this week um, uh, in the holiday season. But on the other hand, it also comes from the government's resolve to address issue in the property market and support um, um, the sentiment in the uh, equities market in particular. So earlier in the week, the PBUC cut its benchmark five-year loan prime rate by 25 basis points, which is the largest ever cut. Um, and the move is aimed to support the property market and, you know, hopefully will help um, in the many measures that were already put in place to arrest the fall in property prices. Now, there's still a lot of concerns in the property sector valid and, and you know, um, we, we are um, equally watching those. But the situation may come closer to um, starting signs of bottoming out. So mm. early in the months, there was a data release where you see average home prices across 100 cities rose for the fifth straight month in January. And also local government revenue from land sales increased 1.8% year on year, which is the first rise in two years. It's a small one, but mm. again, uh, maybe a kind of a bit of a green shoot. Mm. Then, um, you know, we had Chinese banks approving 17 billion in US dollar um, equivalent of loans under the whitelist project, which should provide liquidity to some of the distressed developers. Another um, um, measure that was taken this week was the CSRC, the China Securities Regulatory Commission, banned the short selling of shares by institutional investors and quant funds during the first and the last 30 minutes of trading, which is also you know, a, a much needed support to the Chinese stock market and has shown some effect, um, as we just said, um, to begin with. Now, I want to um, uh, make sure I'm messaging this correctly. The Lunar New Year period 
travel and spending activities are obviously quite unique. And it was the first Lunar New Year since the pandemic that was mm. celebrated without any restrictions. So, you know, we, we, that was an expectation that this data would come in positive, but we now need to be able to look beyond the tactical trading opportunity in China and, um, and to decide whether there's any ability to front load our expectations that were really centered on the recovery in the second half of this year, not, not just immediately now. And we have to see a more sustained mix of a shift in sentiment followed by flows and then ideally accompanied by improving macroeconomic data points. And again, the week ahead may be a bit tricky in that regard because we get the official PMI and the Kaishin manufacturing PMI for February. And again, that, that set is showing that the Lunar New Year holiday, which was part of it, um, you would be impacting this, uh, this time and the other way around because people were away during that time having holidays and the seasonal pattern in previous years when the holidays fell in February is for the PMI to soften before rebound in March. So again, that could be, you know, a data point that, um, you know, will not really add to the positivity right now. So need to be watching um, the space. Mm, absolutely, close watching. Uh, but it does sound like some nice green shoots, uh, which is great. Um, now for the rest of the world, I mean, in the U US, we've got the US uh, PCI inflation data, election primaries, Fed speak, and then of course um, we've got in, in the euro uh, important inflation data uh, coming up. So, would you like to talk talk our listeners through what you'll be watching um, this week? Yes, of course. There's still um, um, the important, all important debate as to the timing of interest rate cuts in the US and in Europe, and the, the upcoming week will bring us a lot of um, important data points. Um, to better assess um, the timing uh, around it. So you already mentioned the PCE data. It's the preferred measure of inflation for the Fed. Because we had a higher US CPI print, it's now being expected to come in hot um, at uh, you know roughly 0.4% month over month pace. We also get GDP data. We get ISM manufacturing. We get the University of Michigan sentiment data later part of the week. So these will all be important inputs in assessing um, inflation versus how well is the economy doing, how well is the consumer holding up um, um, and GDP. And on top of that, we have the Fed speak. We have Atlanta Fed, Bostick speaking twice. We have the Boston Fed speaking. We have New York Fed on the news, news wires and also San Francisco Fed. So they will also use that opportunity to inform the market um, and message around um, the markets. Uh, that are typically pricing in more aggressive rate cuts and earlier rate cuts um, um, in the past. So we also get on the uh, election front, the presidential primary in South Carolina, which is, um, you know, um, uh, the, the, the final challenger of Trump, Nikki Haley's home state. Um, so that's an interesting one before really the Super Tuesday um, um, on the 5th of March will take center stage in regards to you know, the majority of states deciding on that presidential candidate um, um, forward. And then in Europe, again, uh, we will be monitoring the inflation readings for the European member states for new hints when the ECB will start, uh, will be in a position to start lowering rates. Um, the headline inflation is expected to ease. Um, so in that regards, um, there could be, um, um, you know, positive message, but, um, you know, central banks informed us they're data dependent. And again, the data the, the week ahead will matter in that regard. 
Mm, thank you. Thank you for laying all that out. It's, it's never a dull moment in, in your world. There's no doubt about that. Uh, that's all we have time for today, Stephanie. Thank you so much. Thank you to our listeners uh, for tuning in yet again. And until next time. In Europe, Middle East and Africa, as well as in Asia Pacific, this podcast may be considered marketing material, but this is not the case in the US. No assurance can be given that any forecast or target can be achieved. Forecasts are based on assumptions, estimates, opinions and hypothetical models which may prove to be incorrect. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Performance refers to a nominal value based on price gains and losses and does not take into account inflation. Inflation will have a negative impact on the purchasing power of this nominal monetary value. Depending on the current level of inflation, this may lead to a real loss in value, even if the nominal performance of the investment is positive. Investments come with risk. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount originally invested at any point in time. Your capital may be at risk. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority and by Germany's Central Bank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2024 Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.